Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Rolling along, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline, including Joe Namath, who was with me a half hour ago, and Kurt Warner, who will be live a half hour from now. Looking forward to that. So a lot of quarterbacks today getting a lot of nice reaction to the story I told you about Joe. Again, give the reaction to Joe. And the very nice thing he did for my mother once at the worst time of her life. That had nothing to do with me. That was all Joe. So he deserves all of the credit there. I was just the messenger on that one. But I appreciate all of the feedback. Uh, Jam-packed today. Again, the list today is a good one. It involves the Heisman last night and the greatest players ever to win it. But we start with the news of the day that is out there, which, again, it's in Cleveland. You just heard Christine with the latest in SportsCenter. You know, the situation with the Cleveland Browns, I don't know any other way to say it other than my heart just goes out to you. I feel terrible for the sports fans in Cleveland. Because at the end of the day, that's all I am as a fan. Yes, I've covered sports professionally for a long time. And yes, I went to journalism school. But I don't really think of myself when I follow sports. I don't really think of myself as a journalist. I think of myself as a sports fan fortunate enough to have a microphone. And I can't even imagine, like, right now, the longest current Playoff drought in the NFL belongs to the team I root for, the New York Jets. We've waited 10 years to get in the playoffs. That's because the Browns finally made it after 18 years. And I can't imagine waiting 18 years to see my team play in the playoffs and then to have the week that they're having right now. And I get it. And, and these are practically champagne problems. I mean, in the scheme of things in a nation where, in a world where we're going through this pandemic and so many people, I'm not in any way trying to diminish that people have far greater problems than whether the Cleveland Browns win a game Sunday night or not. I'm not in any way trying to conflate that. But from a sports standpoint, this is horrible. Sports are the greatest thing in the world because there's nothing in the world better than in investing everything you have into something that means absolutely nothing. And that's what we get to do. And to me, that's been more valuable and better than ever during the pandemic. So I hope it doesn't cost them the game. I hope they don't just go out there without Stefanski and just look lost. I hope Baker doesn't look lost. Not fair to him. As I've been telling you all season long in the NFL this year, and it's not a criticism, it's a reality. Fairness is not the priority. Fairness is not first or even last on the list of priorities. They just need to get the games played. And if it winds up deciding the game, it'll be a terrible shame. If there's any good news for you in Cleveland, it's that I think you have a really good young coach and he has made your quarterback a good young player and you got a lot of good young players there. So you're going to be good for the foreseeable future. I hope this weekend isn't a complete disaster. Greeny with you. The Philadelphia piece of this is the next thing I wanted to get to here because Jason Kelsey, their center, their captain, and their leader who had that emotional um, press conference that he did a couple of weeks ago where he talked about how the only thing that matters is winning – That obviously placed everyone in something of an uncomfortable situation when his team went out there and tanked the fourth quarter of a game on Sunday night. He has released a lengthy post that I saw on Kimberly Martin's Twitter feed. I'm going to read it to you because I think you need to hear from him just to get a sense of what's going on in Philadelphia. Jason Kelsey posted, thought I would clear the air just to clarify and more accurately depict what happened during the game on Sunday. At the end of the third quarter, I was told on the bench that Sudfeld was going in the game. I went up to Doug, meaning Peterson, and asked him if he was taking Hertz out. He said, yes, I think Nate's earned the right to play. I said, everyone else is staying in? He said, absolutely. I then went to find Suddy, meaning Sudfeld, of course. Started taking snaps on the sideline with him, called the other linemen over, had them listen to his snap count to make sure everyone was on the rhythm of his cadence, and then went out for the next drive. 
At no point was anything from me or anyone else confrontational. We all knew leading into the game that Sudfeld was told to be ready to play and that Doug wanted to see what he could do in a game situation. All of us during the week leading up were excited for Nate, a guy that's been with us for four years, to get an opportunity in a real game to show the world what he can do. We all have complete confidence in Nate as a player. There's a reason he's been here this long and a reason the team brought him back. And that's because we feel like Nate is a guy we can win with. I understand the optics of how it looked, and I'd be lying if I wasn't a little surprised given the circumstances that the move happened when it did. But every one of us did our best, and all of us believe we can win with Nate Sudfeld. It was a difficult situation to be put into, especially when you have a 10-year veteran center who doesn't snap the ball to you accurately on your second drive of the game. I know we can win games with Nate because I know Suddy can play. It didn't work out Sunday, but as always, that's not just on him. So I read that to you for two reasons. One, it's only fair. If we, meaning I, have been as critical of them as I have been, and I do not change my mind or, or retract one word I've said, it's only fair to give you that perspective. The second is just to point out once again that if I'm looking for a leader in any field or endeavor, in whatever his next stage of life is going to be after he finishes playing football, I'm hiring Jason Kelsey. That's the guy you want. That's, the, that's taking ownership of this situation. Not Carson Wentz refusing to speak to the media at the, at the, when the season is over because his feelings have been hurt. But Jason Kelsey standing up and being accounted for during the worst possible time, at a time when his organization is in the middle of an unbelievable storm. He's the guy that is, is the face and the voice of that team. And if you're wondering why there are so many questions about Carson Wentz's leadership, it's because when you have a $100 million quarterback, that's who's supposed to be staying that. That's supposed to be who's the one that gets up there and says, no, no, you want to blame somebody for what's happened here? Blame me. I'll take the responsibility. I'll take the accountability. That's one of the many problems they have in Philadelphia. And that's not a situation that's going away. Right? You don't quit on your players and walk away friends. Because, well, Jason Kelsey said that, and again, I give him all the credit in the world for saying it. We've had multiple players, including Miles Sanders on the radio in Philly the other day, saying he was surprised by it. You look at the look on the face of Jalen Hurts when it happened. Did he look like he was on board with that decision? So first you alienate Wentz, then you alienate Hurts. So if the goal here was to make Nate Sudfeld feel good about himself, then I guess you can consider the job done. But outside of that, I'm really not sure what was accomplished. You want to let him get some snaps? Internationally televised game that was determining the playoff fates of two different teams at the end of an unprecedented season in a global pandemic? Okay. If that was the thinking, if that was what you prioritized, so be it. But I will never, ever Stop criticizing it until I hear something entirely different, until I hear an explanation that makes some semblance of sense beyond what I just said. Then to me, I will you will never convince me that that was anything but. I I can't think of a better word than disgrace. Disgrace feels like maybe a little strong. What's a slightly toned down word for disgrace? Whatever one small level below disgrace is, that's how I would describe that situation. 
All right, greeting with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests, like uh, Kurt Warner, to come on the Goodyear Hotline. I told you a little while ago that I thought the Houston Texans have the most attractive opening for coaches because they have Deshaun Watson, and if you have Deshaun Watson, you're going to be a really good team. They have made their moves already, at least on one level. The Texans making moves by hiring longtime Patriot executive Nick Casario as their general manager. Adam Schefter is reporting that, so Casario will go a long way, I would imagine, towards hiring the new coach, and so the Texans have begun making moves. Making Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. All right, we're just getting this hour started again. Kurt Warner is on the way. We will talk with him. My takes for the day are on the way, including the best player you aren't talking nearly enough about and why all the pressure in the world is on the wrong guy this weekend. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply all right greeny here with you on espn radio and we are on streaming as always on espn plus and i'll remind you that if you ever miss anything from this program, and, and I would love you to spend two hours with me every single day, but I get you have a life. You have things going on. You may not have two hours. You can always catch up. We're a podcast. The name of the show is Hashtag Greeny. It's available anywhere you get your podcasts, so you can check that out anytime if you ever miss any of the fun we have here, like Joe Namath, who was with me live 45 minutes ago. Uh, my takes for the day are coming in three minutes, but first I have a little bit of unsolicited advice. This is a perfect opportunity for you to try some active listening. Unsolicited advice. Here's the deal. Lamar Jackson does not need advice from me, but he's going to get some anyway. And it is this. Do not let everyone tell you that this weekend will be the determination as to whether you're going to be a great player or not. The whole world is making this playoff game a measuring stick on Lamar Jackson's career. And I'm here to tell you that is completely ridiculous. What if I told you there was a quarterback who did not win his first playoff game until he was 27 years old? What if I were to tell you that quarterback lost his first three playoff games? That his team in those three playoff games scored a combined total of 33 points. That in those three games, this quarterback threw one touchdown and completed less than 50% of his passes. What if I told you the third playoff loss in that group was 41 to nothing, the largest shutout loss in the playoffs since 1940? Do you know which quarterback I'm talking about? Brandon is nodding at me. He does. Bubba, you know who I'm talking about? No. That's Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning began his career 
losing his first three playoff games, didn't win his first playoff game till he was 27. By the way, Lamar is 24. The Colts scored 33 points combined in those three playoff games. Manning threw one touchdown, completed less than 50% of his passes, and the third playoff game, which I was at, it was the last home playoff game the Jets have had, by the way, was 41 nothing to the Jets. That was Peyton Manning. He turned out okay. Right? He just got nominated for the Hall of Fame on his first. He is a first ballot Hall of Fame lock, big room. You don't need me to tell you who Peyton Manning is. So the idea that if Lamar Jackson doesn't play well against Tennessee on Sunday, he obviously isn't going to be a great NFL quarterback is just patently stupid. It doesn't make any sense at all. And so my unsolicited advice to Lamar Jackson is to anyone who tells you that all the pressure in the world is on you this weekend, To prove your worth as an NFL quarterback, just tell them to shut up because they don't know what they're talking about. By the way, I think the Ravens are a sneaky good pick in the AFC. I think they win this weekend. I'm sad that these two teams are matching up because these are my two sleepers, Baltimore and Tennessee. I would have liked any other matchup here because I would have picked either of them to win some games. Now only one can, and I kind of like Baltimore here. But here's the issue that I have with the Ravens. I like the Ravens against any AFC team except Kansas City. But the team that has the best chance to beat Kansas City is Buffalo. So if the Ravens play the Bills, I like the Ravens. If the Ravens play the Steelers, I like the Ravens. If the Ravens, they are playing the other division champ right now. They're playing the Titans. I'm picking the Ravens. I could see the Ravens making a run to the Super Bowl. If someone knocked off Kansas City for them, but they just can't play with the Chiefs. Styles make fights, and they, they, they just can't play with them. It's their defense. They can't do anything with Mahomes and that offense. Not that anybody can particularly, but they especially can't. So I can't see Baltimore beating Kansas City. If somehow, and I don't in any way expect it to happen, Kansas City got knocked off before they had to play them, I would pick Baltimore to make it to the Super Bowl. But that doesn't mean they have the best chance to beat Kansas City. Again, I told you this a few weeks ago. The team with the best chance to beat Kansas City, by far, in either conference, is Buffalo. Buffalo has the formula. The things Buffalo does are the things that will beat Kansas City if Kansas City is going to get beat. The problem Baltimore has is that matchup doesn't happen first. (laughs) Buffalo is the two seed. They don't go to Kansas City before Baltimore does under any circumstances. So that's just not the way this thing is going to go. Anyway, Ravens-Titans is our game this weekend with the NFL playoffs kicking off. Ravens-Titans 105 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, and ESPN Deportes, and the Mega Megacast. That will be on ESPN2 and ESPN Plus and Freeform. So you can experience a football game like you never have before. Ravens-Titans, that's the early game this Sunday. All right, time for the takes. Greenies Takes. Here we go with your takes for today. Every single day here, I will give you a few hot takes with an assist from my friend Nuno, who always provides some ample and interesting thoughts for me. And here comes the first. No player in NFL history has ever at any individual time had the leverage that Dak Prescott has this minute. Jerry Jones himself said yesterday, I don't see how you could have more leverage. And that's right. You can't have more leverage than Dak Prescott has right now. As my friend Dominique said on Get Up this morning, just give him all of the money. He's going to take all of the money. So I don't know what they're going to do in Dallas. 
because he would be a fool to take any less than every penny. So I think they're going to wind up having to franchise him again, which will be crippling for the cap and will make it even worse for them the following year when he comes back and plays great because he does. That's what he does. And then all of a sudden he can become a free agent. So they've put themselves into a corner. They are boxed in. They've mismanaged this situation terribly. I've been saying that for a long time. And there has never been a player in the history of maybe any sport who has had the leverage that Dak Prescott has right now. Next. Matthew Stafford, to me, has Patriots written all over him. What do you think? I believe they're starting over again in Detroit. I believe that I'd like to see him get a chance somewhere else in his career. I think it's time for them to start over fresh. He keeps saying he wants to stay there in Detroit. That's the right thing to say, and I admire him for it. And that guy's a tough son of a gun. He was out there playing on a 5-10 and 10 team on Sunday with three different injuries that could easily have sidelined him, but he played through it. But you know how old he is? I looked it up. Just ask yourself this question. How old do you think, Bubba, do you know how old Matt Stafford is? Tell me how old, just right now. First thought that comes to mind, how old is Matt Stafford? 32. Well, that's exactly right. He's 32. Nice. Well, that just frustrated me no end. I thought Sweet. you would have said like 36 or 37. I would have guessed he was I would have guessed he was much older than that. How could you have guessed he was 32? You know, he kind of looks like a 32-year-old. That really frustrates me. In February, he'll be 33 if that makes you feel any better or it makes me feel any better. I can't believe he got that right. Yeah, kind of deflated the take. And anyway, the point of it is, I still think Matt Stafford kind of has Patriots written all over him. Pats are going in a new direction next year. I could see them drafting the kid from Alabama. But I could easily see them finding a way to get Matt Stafford. So that's take number two. And here is take number three. No player in any sport is getting less attention for what he is doing than Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic, if he wasn't seven feet tall, could walk down the street in practically any city in America besides Denver, and no one would know who he was. No one is talking about Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic had 35 and 15 last night. Do you know what his numbers are this year? Bubba, if you know this, I'm going to smash you in the head. Do you know what his numbers are this year? Nikola Jokic? You want to take a guess? How many points a game do you think he's averaging? How many points a game do you think he's averaging? 31. Well, 24. He's averaging 24 points a game. See, once again, you go high, you deflate the take. Here's the number that's going to jump out at you. How many assists... A game, do you think the center of the Denver Nuggets is averaging? 2.6. 12. He's averaging 12 assists a game. Nikola Jokic is averaging 24 points, 12 rebounds, and 12 assists per game. He is currently the league leader in assists per game. Nikola Jokic. He's not yoking around. I like that joke. That was pretty good. Those are the takes for the day. All right, so note to self, as we move into the new time slot, we debut some of these new features. Don't always throw it to Bubba on the takes. Because Bubba, you have a, you have a tendency. It's like if someone says, you know, here's, 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 here's a great lesson for, for, for you. If, if someone says, I've gotten you a gift, don't guess what it is. Or if you're going to guess what it is, guess super low. Or was it, a pack of gum? Because if you guess high, and then the gift is less than that, it's very deflating. I mean, what do you want me to guess? He's he's averaging eleven points a game. Well, no, but when I asked you how old Matt Stafford was, oh, he's whole... he's twelve. I... <laughs> oh, I, he's he's celebrating his ninth birthday this week. 
That's why he wears the number nine. Okay, point well taken. One way or another, that's hashtag Bubba. I'm hashtag Greeny. Kurt Warner will join us live next on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/Greenberg and use code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's PrizePicks.com/Greenberg, code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Greeny with you here, coming to you live, as always, from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Delighted that you are with me. We have news from Cleveland, and it is good. Adam Schefter tweeting in the last two minutes, tests on the rest of the Browns players came back negative this morning per source. Um, to be very clear on the way this thing is going to go, they will play that game regardless of competitive advantage or disadvantage, so long as it is not deemed unsafe to do so. The way it becomes unsafe is if these tests keep coming in positive as the week goes on, as happened to Baltimore in November. So this is a very good sign. It doesn't mean they're out of the woods, but it is a very good sign for the game being played on Sunday night as scheduled. It does not mean that they will get their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, back. Stefanski, by the way, is meeting with the media, I'm told, on Zoom right now. So we will turn some of that around for you if we can. We'll let you know what he said. But I want to bring the Hall of Famer Kurt Warner in on that thought. Kurt, with me here on the Goodyear Hotline. You see him now on NFL Network doing a terrific job analyzing football. Always a pleasure. Kurt, how are you today? I'm doing well, Greeny. How are you? Oh, great. Always a pleasure. And I want to start there. It's such a shame. I mean, I, I'm a fan at heart. And, you know, the Cleveland fans wait 18 years for this opportunity. And now, you know, they find themselves in this situation. So from a quarterback's perspective... How would you describe the impact you expect the absence of Stefanski to have on Baker Mayfield Sunday night? I think it's huge, Greeny. Um, just from the standpoint that, you know, new head coach and he's the play caller for you and you've built a rapport and you've really figured out what you do well. And, you know, so often I, I believe play caller quarterback really have to see the game the same way. And that becomes a huge part of, you know, quarterbacks being able to play at their highest level, but, you know, being able to do the things that your quarterback does well. And now that doesn't mean that they can't figure this out, um, you know, with somebody else calling the plays. But as you said, this is just one of those situations where you go, man, we worked so hard to get here and we, we fought our way in. And now once again, we've got something that's going against us. Um, and so I, I would be very uncomfortable uh, as a quarterback. 
uh, you know, going into this game. And again, you got to tune a lot of things out. And this year has been, you know, more of that than, than any other year. Um, but there's no question in my mind that it would be, uh, it's probably going to be in the back of Baker's mind. Uh, it would be in the back of my mind. How is this thing going to work without my head coach and my play caller? Yeah. And in fact, it's basically the entire offensive coaching staff has been wiped out by this. We've talked a lot about Stefanski, but most of them won't be there. Meanwhile, in the same game, I want to ask you about the Steelers. Over the last five weeks, the Steelers have gotten 83% of their offense from passing. They've basically just given up on running the ball. They finished last in the NFL in rushing this year. Now, you know what it takes to win in the playoffs. Can you win deep in the playoffs doing that? I believe it's really hard. Um, you know, just because we know when you throw the football, bad things can happen. And, you know, there, there's even if you're throwing a short pass, uh, you've still got to make it work. And there's still guys that are putting their hands up and, and still guys that have to catch the football, which we saw was an issue you know, for the Steelers at one point in time, you know, but, but I will say this, you know, Greeny, when we went to the Super Bowl back in 08, I think we were the worst rushing team in the national football league during the regular season as well. Mm. And in the playoffs, we picked it up a little bit. Uh, we were able to find the balance, whether that be teams trying to take away the pass or us just being better and more efficient with it when we got into the playoffs. And, you know, we were at least able to balance that out and it went a long way in helping us because, I'm a firm believer that you get into the playoffs against good teams, they're going to take away what you do best. And they're going to force you to have to beat them another way. If you're going to win three games and find yourself in the Super Bowl, you're going to have to find ways to win outside of just throwing your dink and dunk throws, which we've seen so much of the time for Pittsburgh. Now, we know their their defense can win games for them. We know how dynamic they can be. Um, you know, we saw it the second half against Indy that they were able to push the ball down the field and make some plays. So maybe that's another aspect that they bring more into the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I, I firmly believe that you're going to have to run the football better than they've run it if they're going to make a run at this thing. Greeny in the Hall of Famer, Kurt Warner. You see him now on NFL Network talking about this weekend's upcoming playoffs. And I, I don't remember what the year was, but uh, one of the most entertaining football games I ever remember watching was when you were in Arizona and you beat Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay in, in this incredible show. What year was that? What year was that game? That was that was actually my last year. That was 09 in the in the wild card round of, of the playoffs. It was an unbelievable game. Anyway, and so here's Aaron Rodgers all these years later. I, I'm really interested to hear through, through your eyes as one who knows the position as well as literally anyone. How would you describe what Aaron Rodgers has done this season? Well, I mean, it's been phenomenal just when you look at the, the stats and what he does. I mean, he's always been great with this touchdown to interception ratio and protecting the football. Um, but what I would say, Greeny, is this is probably the easiest the situation around him has been. And mm. not necessarily from a talent level, but um, from a scheme standpoint, they do a tremendous job of making the game easier for Aaron Rodgers. And now we all know he can do all the stuff that's not easy and he make all the, he can make all those special plays and all the things we've seen for years. But then when you add to that, some easy opportunities, the ability to run the football, the play action where guys are, are wide open and they're creating big opportunities or less pressure on Aaron Rodgers, this is what you get. And so I love the fact that, you know, the system is working in Aaron Rodgers on his behalf and he's still got all the talent. Uh, you know, he's got some dynamic playmakers in Devontae and, and I love Aaron Jones in the backfield and some other guys have stepped up. But this to me is as much about what the system has done for 
Aaron Rodgers to allow him to not have to make every play, not have to go above and beyond and create more and more, which I felt like he was doing at the end of the last regime was it was drop back and then you got to run around and make every single play for this team. Now the system makes plays for him and allows him to be special on an occasional basis. And when you put that all together with Aaron Rodgers, this is the kind of impact that uh, that you get, and this is the kind of season that you get. Yeah, they look very dangerous right now, and they will have home field advantage through the playoffs. That The loss of the offensive tackle, David Bakhtiari, in practice is, is a terrible one. But so a quick final thought. It looks like it's set up really nicely for Rodgers. If there's a team you can see going in there and beating them, who would you give the best shot to? you got Brady in one spot. you got Breeze in another. Who, who, who do you give the best chance to go into Lambeau Field and beat him there? Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to say the Saints, uh, even though I'm not a huge fan of Drew when they have to go outside. And when I covered the game with Green Bay a couple of weeks ago, they were animate how different it would be if they played in Lambeau Field. Mm. Um, but I love, you know, the Saints defense and they can get after you up front. And I think that's what it's going to take is you're going to have to get after Aaron Rodgers. Um, I still seen too many ups and downs from Tampa Bay, although. You know, we know that Tom Brady can get hot and he has been hot and they've got all kinds of weapons. For some reason, I, I still like New Orleans in this mix if, if they get healthy and, um, you know, because of what they can do defensively. That'd be something else. Breeze against Rodgers in the NFC Championship yeah. game. That's, that's one we'd all pay to see. Hey, Kurt, it's great to see you as always. Thank you. Happy New Year to you and your family. We'll catch up down the road. Thanks. Sounds great. You too, Greeny. That's Kurt Warner again. You see him now on NFL Network. I was, did, did that game. I, he did Green Bay, uh, Tennessee, if I remember correctly, um, that weekend in that snowy game where the Packers really played great defense. They look like they're going to be a very tough out. All right, as we continue, today's list is a good one. Greeny, the podcast. We're just weeks into this year, and the news is already nonstop. Two overseas wars, a presidential election already testing the democratic process, a former president in court. It can feel impossible to keep up with, but we can help. I'm Brad Milkey, the host of Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News. Every morning, my team and I get you caught up on the day's news in a quick, straightforward way that's easy to understand. So kickstart your morning. Start smart with Start Here and ABC News, because staying informed shouldn't feel like a chore. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance, protecting your business with specialized coverages for your commercial vehicles. More at ProgressiveCommercial.com. If you're just joining me again, the most important news I can tell you is that all of the tests that came back in Cleveland today came back negative. So that means the game is still on schedule to be played Sunday night between the Browns and the Steelers. And while it is a terrible shame that the Browns will have to do it without their coach, it would be far worse, obviously, for everyone If these tests come back positive, and they're not out of the woods on that yet, it'll be another day or two, I think, before they can feel totally comfortable. But that would mean they'd have to push the game back. And then I don't know where they wind up going from there. I don't even think they want to think about it. They're not pushing everybody back. So what exactly happens? They can't have the Steelers and Browns play on a Wednesday. So I'm not sure exactly what they do. They're going to do everything they can to avoid that being the situation. So, again, the news that came back today so far is good. Adam Schefter tweeting that just a little while ago and tweeting that as of now, that means the game continues to be scheduled to go. All right, the big news last night, of course, was congratulations to Vontae Smith, who wins the Heisman Trophy. Terrific young player, terrific kid. I mean, you could just tell everything about him and everything you hear about him. He's just a a great young man, and and he looks like he's going to be a terrific NFL player. And I like him in particular because he becomes – 
maybe the only Heisman Trophy winner ever to weigh less than I weigh. He weighs 175 pounds. That's my goal weight. My goal weight for this year, by the way, one of my resolutions is to get down to 175. I currently weigh 179.2 on the scale this morning. So I'm looking to lose four pounds. And at that point, maybe I'll be as good as football as Devontae Smith. Probably not. One way or another, he wins the Heisman, and we hope he goes on to have an outstanding NFL career. And that got us thinking about today's green list. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. So every day we will do the Green List here on this program where I will pick the top five something or other. And today, in honor of the Heisman last night, I will tell you the top five NFL players all time who won the Heisman. Here we go. Number five. I really toyed with putting Bo Jackson number one. And in the end, I put him at five. Because his career because it was so sadly shortened the way it was by that devastating hip injury. I wound up covering him as a baseball player years later with an artificial hip. You just, he just didn't have the career to justify putting him ahead of some of these other people. But I will tell you that if he had stayed healthy, he would have been better than any of them. I think Bo Jackson would be remembered with the greatest football players, running backs, or anything that ever lived if he had had a full NFL career. He was that good. His combination of power and speed was something you see once in a lifetime. He was that kind of good. And so I put him at five because I just couldn't justify putting him any higher than that based on the short career. But if that guy had played a full career, I would be willing to bet you he would be number one on the list. Number four. Number four, I have Earl Campbell. Earl Campbell had the power and the dynamic quality. Those Houston Oilers teams, which I remember so fondly, they were so good. Dan Pastorini, Curly Culp, Elvin Bethea, they just couldn't get past Pittsburgh at a time when the Steelers and the Steel Curtain just sort of dominated the sport. But Earl Campbell was unbelievable. And that vision of defenders just sort of hanging on to his jersey for dear life as he's running away from them with his combination of power and speed. He was a great player. Earl Campbell was an absolutely great player. Who I think if he had won a Super Bowl would be, if he had been on a different team, if he had, if he had done what he did where Franco Harris did what he did, then I think we would talk about Earl Campbell a lot more. Sometimes I think his name gets forgotten, which is a shame. He was a great player. Earl Campbell is number four on my list of the all-time greatest players to win the Heisman Trophy and then go on in the NFL. Number three. Number three is the only quarterback, and it's Roger Staubach. If you look at the list, which I did yesterday to prepare to do this, of every Heisman Trophy winner, it reminds you that this was a running back award forever, forever. And candidly, there used to be this whole idea that the quarterbacks who won the Heisman then all went on to bad NFL careers. It's not a great list of Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks who went on to the NFL. Staubach is the best of them. Staubach, not only because of what a great player he was, but because of the role he played in, I think, making the NFL what it is today. There is no team more important in pro football's history, in my opinion, that includes the Packers of the 60s and anybody else, more important than the Cowboys of the 70s. Tom Landry's Dallas Cowboys of the 70s, not the greatest teams ever. They weren't even the greatest team of their decade. But they made football what it is today in the way of popularity. They brought people to the TV in ways that still hasn't faded, still hasn't worn off. The Cowboys remain the biggest draw in the sport. 
America's team and Roger Staubach was the perfect person to lead that. Went to school at Navy, won the Heisman, served his five-year commitment, came to the league, and was just a terrific player. And none of that is to diminish how great a player he was. He was a great player. I remember the big debate in Dallas when Aikman was there was who's the greatest Cowboys quarterback ever. And I love Troy, and he was a great player and a tough son of a gun. But he asked my opinion, Staubach is the greatest quarterback the Cowboys ever had, inclusive of everyone. So Staubach is number three on my list. Number two. Number two is O.J. Simpson. Now, it is very difficult to talk about O.J. Simpson and to think of him and only think of him as a football player. That's obviously true. But I'm here to tell you as one who's old enough to have watched O.J., one who was actually there at Shea Stadium on a snowy December day when he became the first running back ever to run for 2,000 yards and got carried off the field on his teammates' shoulders. I was six at the time. That there has never been in my lifetime a better player that just handed the ball and let him go. Just give the ball to the running back and let him run. And he ran with a grace and a, and a beauty that was ex- astonishing. O.J. Simpson was an incredible runner. And obviously you are well aware of all of the different drama that his life then became. But that's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about his NFL career. And as a player, he was extraordinary. I actually toyed with making him number one. Number one. But in the end, I had to go with Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders, who if he hadn't, his career wasn't cut short like Bo Jackson's was. He, he, cut himself off but Barry Sanders as you well know retired very early and very young and if he hadn't he would own every record he and Emmett Smith played at the same time and Emmett is an all-time great but Barry Sanders was better and Barry Sanders would have that record he would be the all-time leading rusher in NFL history and he was also at the top of the list of worth the price of admission just watching that guy make the greatest athletes in the world fall down by juking them was unbelievable. So that's my list, my today's green list. Bo Jackson, five, Earl Campbell, four, Roger Staubach, three, O.J. Simpson, two, and Barry Sanders, one, the greatest players in NFL history to have won the Heisman. Send us a, ta- a tweet. Use the hashtag Greeny with a Y. If you have suggestions for what you'd like the list to be, we will do a green list, the top five this or that, every single day. And with that, I wish you a wonderful day, and I'll see you back in Better Than Ever tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming. On Hulu.